Hey, everybody. As you may know, the Boston Red Sox won the World Series last year. And because sports are so huge in this country, when teams win national titles, they typically visit the White House to celebrate with the president. But since Trump has been elected, many teams and players have quietly bowed out. And yesterday, ignoring the concerns of their players and staff of color, every single white player and coach and executive went to the White House anyway. It was despicable. And I think the whole mess was really a metaphor for America. Let's dig in. This is Sean King, and you are listening to The, the, the Breakdown. The, 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 the Breakdown. The, 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 the Breakdown. You're going to hear me say this a lot on The Breakdown, but it's genuinely hard to understand a moment in history when you're in it. I have a book that comes out early next year where I break this down in great detail. But let me tell you what I mean by this. Life itself, when you're living it, it just feels normal. It feels mundane. But right now, in this very moment that you're listening to me, some things are happening that are deeply historic. You know, as a kid, I used to wonder how in the world nations sat and watched as millions of Jewish men, women, boys, and girls were ripped from their homes and taken to camps. Well, guess what? Right now, in this very moment, China has taken over one and a half million Muslims from their homes and communities. They've bulldozed their mosque and put them in camps and prisons. Google it. It's happening right now before our very eyes. As a kid in the 80s, I used to wonder how in the world uh, we could allow children in Ethiopia to literally starve to death. As a little boy, I would see these images and videos, and I felt so helpless, and I was heartbroken that any person of means would see that and do nothing. But right now, in this moment, kids are starving to death all over Yemen, and most of us are watching and doing nothing at all. Because when you're in a historic moment, it doesn't always feel so historic. And yesterday, the Boston Red Sox had a historic moment to do the right thing. They had a moment to be remembered in history the right way. And what we saw is that some players and coaches and staff, all of them, 100% of them, black, Latino, immigrants, they took a stand. But every single white player and staff member of the Boston Red Sox refused. And let me be more specific. Alex Cora, who is the award-winning manager of the Boston Red Sox, is also an immigrant from Puerto Rico. And he has not only watched Trump lie and lie over and over again. Literally, Trump lied about Puerto Rico just yesterday. Alex Cora has watched Trump do this over and over again. And Cora has watched Puerto Rico crumble under the weight of a natural disaster when the United States should have been there in a more substantive way to help the country pick up the pieces. Over and over again, Trump has demeaned Puerto Rico and its people. So when Cora said that he couldn't, in good conscience, visit the White House after all that Trump has said and done to insult and abandon his people, it made sense. Not a single person 
heard that and said, what's he talking about? And to me, that right there, when your manager, your award-winning manager, coming off of a World Series win, decides that going to visit the White House would be personally degrading for him. That's the point that the Red Sox as an organization should have said, you know what, we're not going this year. If it offends our manager, it offends our organization. But then Mookie Betts, a young black man who was the single best player on the team, said he simply could not lower himself to go visit Trump at the White House. Now, let me tell you how important Mookie Betts is to the team. In 2018, Mookie Betts became the first player in Major League history, in the entire history of Major League Baseball, in one season to win the MVP. That's of all of baseball, the most valuable player in all of baseball. The Silver Slugger Award, which is the best hitter at his position. The Gold Glove Award, which means he was the best defensive player at his position. He won the batting title, which is a very prestigious award, meaning he had the highest batting average of any player in the American League. And he won the World Series all in the same season. And no player in the history of baseball has ever won all of those things at once. Last year, Mookie Betts had one of the single best seasons of any player in baseball history. And he felt that it would be an insult to himself, to his people, and also to his manager, Alex Cora, and others if he showed up at the White House. So he bowed out. And that alone should have been enough. When your manager and your star player, the MVP of baseball, say that going to visit Trump would be an insult to their people, you should look at that and you say, you know what? We shouldn't go. If it offends our star, it offends our manager, we should bow out. Then David Price, another important veteran black player from the team who was one of their star pitchers, he opted out and said he just couldn't go. He couldn't do it. The team's star catcher, an amazingly popular player, Christian Vasquez, who was also from Puerto Rico, said he refused to go, and he made it clear that it was just deeply personal for him, and it was. And so did Xander Bogarts and, and Sandy Leone and Eduardo Nunez and Hector Velasquez and Jackie Bradley Jr. and Rafael Devers. With their manager, their MVP, their catcher, one of their star pitchers, and a host of other black and Latino players all bowing out. Not a single white player or manager on the team felt moved to join them. Not one. Nobody. I'm not even talking about the team saying, you know what, we're not going as a team. But not a single white player, manager, coach, executive, none of them said, I'm bowing out as well. And when other teams were faced with something like this, like the Philadelphia Eagles, where every black player planned to skip, most of the white players planned to go, but Trump canceled the trip because he didn't want to be humiliated. After the University of Virginia just won the NCAA Men's Basketball Championship a few months ago, they opted not to go. The Golden State Warriors of the NBA opted out when they won the NBA title. But split almost exclusively down racial lines, 
the Red Sox win anyway. And I think it's a huge metaphor for the state of our country right now. And to illustrate this metaphor and the point that I want to make to you, I want to play a clip from Spike Lee's classic movie, Do the Right Thing. In it, Spike Lee's main character, who ironically also is named Mookie, Mookie confronts an Italian character in the film named Pino, played by John Turturro, a masterful role that he's in. Mookie confronts Pino for being racist. Mookie works for this pizzeria that Pino's father owns, and Mookie confronts Pino for being racist, and Mookie has even heard Pino call black people niggers while also witnessing Pino love black culture. Let me play the scene for you. Can I talk to you for a second? What? Pino, who's your favorite basketball player? Magic Johnson. Who's your favorite movie star? Eddie Murphy. Who's your favorite rock star? Prince. You're Prince Morris. Bruce. Prince. Bruce. Pino, all you ever talk about is nigga this and nigga that. And all your favorite people are so-called niggas. It's different. Magic, Eddie, Prince are not niggas. I mean, they're not black. I mean, let me explain myself. They're, they're not really black. I'm, I mean, they're black, but they're not really black. They're, they're more than black. It's, it's, it's different. It's different. Yeah, to me, it's, it's different. The white owners, the white managers, the white players from the Red Sox, they are just like Pino. They love their black and Latino stars and managers on the field. On the field, they cheer for them. They high-five them. They celebrate with them. But off the field, it's a different story altogether. Sometimes we like to say it like this. A lot of white people love black culture, but not black people. The same is true of Latin culture, but not Latin people. And after the event yesterday, the white owners and executives, blinded by their own white privilege, got on the microphone at a press conference and said that for them, the moment, it really wasn't political. But it's a mighty white thing to be able to stand and smile and celebrate with Donald Trump and say that for you, the moment is completely devoid of politics. What they really mean by that is that Donald Trump doesn't offend them and that since he doesn't offend them, they can stand with him, joke with him, high five and laugh and smile and take pictures with him and that his racism his misogyny, his bigotry, his lies, they just don't occur to white men in the moment. But the black and Latino players and staff just couldn't see it like that. And of course they couldn't. And it's a shame that when they had a simple moment to stand with the men on their team, the men that felt deeply offended, personally offended by Trump, that the white men chose their whiteness over everything else. And to me, that's what Trump means. It's what the brilliant writer and essayist Ta-Nehisi Coates meant in his brilliant piece where he called Trump the first white president. Google that when you get a chance. Ta-Nehisi Coates, the first white president. Now, of course, when I first saw that title, the article, The First White President, I thought, Well, we have 43 other white presidents. But Coates brilliantly illustrated that Trump was the first president 
elected mainly because he was a white man on the philosophy of whiteness and white power. And the Red Sox had a moment to get it right yesterday, but they failed. And the executives of the team that said everything is fine now, they literally said this, everything is fine. This won't divide the clubhouse. This won't divide the Red Sox. Revealed that what they don't know is that yesterday proved that the team was already divided. But that the white players and executives and owners either don't see it or just don't care to acknowledge it. Thank you all for making it all the way through this episode of The Breakdown. If you haven't already subscribed to our podcast, we'll be right back here every single weekday, breaking down important news stories and issues. And we'd love for you to subscribe on your favorite podcast app like Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And please share this podcast with your friends and family. Our next big goal is to get 100,000 subscribers, and we're just not going to get there without you. Have you left a review yet? On Apple Podcasts, we now have over 5,000 five-star reviews, but we're aiming for 10,000. So we still want to hear from you, so we need you to leave your best review when you get some time, all right? Of course, thank you to the nearly 30,000 founding members of the North Star. Your generosity makes this podcast possible. We love and appreciate each of you so very much. And if you love this podcast and you want to support our work or you want to see the show notes and transcripts for each episode, We'd love it if you'd consider becoming a founding member of our community. And you can do that right now at thenorthstar.com. There we not only have our podcast, but hundreds of original articles and stories and commentaries from some of the leading scholars and thinkers and journalists in the world. Lastly, I want to give a shout out to our associate producer, Lissandra, and our podcasting director and senior producer, Willis, for their hard work on this and every episode. Take care, everybody.